today on Laura Lynn and Friends. But I didn't kill anyone. I didn't harm anyone. I was there on behalf of the police. I stood for the police. I stood for my building. I stood for constitutional rights. I stood for a peaceful right of redress of grievances. While I chose to go about it in the wrong way, which I admit, I always admit that. I'm not trying to hide from the truth. And that's what makes me different. I'll own the truth. I'm not going to run away and tuck my head and try and cover it up. Be like, no, no, don't look over here. Just like the Democrats do with the boat. You know, they might spend tens of millions of dollars to defend and to hide and to keep under secret, under lock and key, these ballots and information so that no meaningful audits can be done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tatter Thompson, and it is good to be with you. We have got two spectacular guests today. We are going to be talking about January 6th, and you know that there is an epic, um, an epic sort of um, show that is going on on television that you can watch pretty much anytime you turn the TV on, they're referring to it. So we all kind of wonder, well, what is the true story? Before we get to that, I just want to cover one thing, and that is about, have you seen this, how much uh, this wonderful lady made for being a medical, um, a medical, so she's one of, you know, the Dr. Dina Hinshaw. She is the government head honcho of everything going on in Alberta. And lo and behold, CBC puts out what she's been making. I mean, I'm kind of staggered. I don't know if you are, but is this why they got compliance from all the doctors across Canada to allow crimes against humanity to be committed to allow the suppression of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to allow thousands and thousands of adult um, parents our parents to die adults to die uh, very very few children impacted at all by COVID, and yet we have a huge push for vaccines by who by all of these kind of people well guess what is it shocking that Dr. Dina Hinshaw, a useless doctor, a useless doctor just as useless as Dr. Bonnie Henry and Dr. Teresa Tam, a doctor who denied true medications to help COVID and allowed horrible information to be suppressed and then deceptive information to be put out there. All of it, a sham and a crock and a crime against humanity. So guess what she makes? $363,634. She also, on top of that, took home $227,911 in cash benefits. Well, I do call 911 on that. We have an emergency, everyone. We have all of these shams of doctors have been paid thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars each to be complicit in what has happened to us in the last two and a half years. And that really is where it all comes down to, isn't it? That the world is full of some people who will lie for money. They will lie for their moment of fame. They will lie for a position. But I do think Probably it comes down to money and being somebody that is power hungry. And so our world has not been able to see the truth for quite some time. That is as well 
with the Canadian Truckers Convoy, the Freedom Convoy 2022. We recently saw Tamara Litch has been uh, let out of jail, at least for now, imprisoned twice, once for taking a selfie with someone. Have you all lost your ever-loving minds? These are Canadian heroes. Pat King, now out of jail, facing charges, facing possible years of imprisonment for what? For fighting for freedom, for leading a group of patriotic Canadians to Ottawa to make an epic stand where, what did we do? I was there the whole time. We cleaned up your streets. We fed your homeless better than you did, Ottawa. We had bouncy castles. We had worship on every corner. People were praying. People were crying. They were singing the national anthem and waving the Canadian flag like they haven't done in a long time and haven't done as much since. Because you came in with rubber bullets, Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau, you came in with rubber bullets and you fired into a crowd of unarmed Canadian citizens. We don't even have a second amendment in Canada. No one's carrying and concealing. Nobody even has weapons, barely. A few people have got their guns that they like to shoot deer so that they can feed their families. But really, you have uh, a nation of people that love their country. They went to to the Canadian capital. Why? Let me just finish up with this. Because you have forced vaccines onto our society. Thousands have lost their jobs. We now have the pilots retaliating. We have doctors and nurses retaliating. We have postal workers retaliating. We have a whole group of people that work at the Coca-Cola plant that are retaliating. Because you've done is wrong and you've hurt Canadians. So I hope that my, uh, my internet stays unfrozen. The other thing that's happening in Canada is that you can't get a life-saving operation unless you get the shot. Something's really wrong. For many, many reasons, people have decided to fight on both sides of the border that is between Canada and the United States to fight for freedom, to fight for truth and justice. So we're hearing a lot about January 6th and what happened on that day, very similar to what happened uh, except in, in a far larger scale to what happened to us here in Canada when our freedom fighters went to Ottawa. Well, we ask you today to take a moment to listen to a couple of incredible men. These are true heroes. They're patriots who love God and country. They were there on January. They have first eye accounts of what happened on January 6th, and they're here to tell their stories. Uh, David Summerall, and Trennis Evans, we welcome you to the show. Thank you very much for taking all that time to set up before the show. We had some technical difficulties and uh, you've been patient uh, through it all. Thank you very much for being here. Hey, thanks for having us today. We all have difficulties. Uh, the devil doesn't want this word to get out a lot of places. He's gonna do everything he can to slow this message down. So thanks for letting us come on today. Thanks so much for having us, Laura. You know, I've had interviews with you before and it's always a good time when I'm with you. I enjoy it and you let people speak the truth. And it's very important that people like you exist so that we have a vessel for the truth. So thank you for that. 
Thank you. Uh, and I'm glad I'm back. I, I don't know when y'all lost me, but let's start with you, Mr. Summerall. Uh, David, thank you for the, um, the price that you've paid, uh, what you're continuing to have to do to speak the truth. Uh, have you seen any of these January 6th, um, this sham of uh, a representation that's going on right now in American media? Uh, yeah, this is the, the thing. I think everybody's starting to see what's really going on more than ever. The longer this unselect committee does their their show that they're putting on TV, uh, you know, we see that a lot of people watched it. We don't see the result of them watching it. You're not hearing as much about the people that disagree with what they're seeing. And that's really the side that needs to be louder now than ever, because we don't agree. We know it's a, a, a complete setup from top to bottom. And the more time goes on, the more it's proved. And that's why it's important for us as individuals to take the action to spread this information because it's really up to the people this time. The government's not helping. The judges aren't helping. The, the defense attorneys are doing the best they can against the system that's completely lopsided against the people. So it's really up to us to, to get the word out and to say no. I can't wait to uh, hear the story that uh, both of you gentlemen have to tell. Trennis, if we could speak with you, uh, could could you tell us a uh, version of events that day? You were there. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you experienced and um, how how it went for you that day. Well, you know, Laura, for me, I didn't arrive to the grounds until around 2 o'clock in the afternoon or after, actually. So I didn't see what had occurred firsthand. David and his team were on the ground and you know, people like David, uh, re real media sources, not our fake news uh, propaganda stations like CNN, CBS, CBS, you know, whatever, ABC, the minutia uh, soup there, if you will, alphabet soup of nonsense. But upon arrival for me, I saw peaceful people. They were on a balcony, they were all over the place. They were waving flags, they were in prayer, they were in song. Uh, you know, I arrived there to see that and I went up, you know, it's funny, we just recently recognized that we had our, you know, we pulled together some information from journalists that even from the left that said they had no idea what was actually occurring that day. And even though they now have to know what actually occurred because they were there covering it, they're not telling the truth. And it's shocking, you know, and I think we, we heard the, the fake news, we heard about media and government propaganda, but when you live it in firsthand, it really changes things. When you see it and you're there and you go, wait a minute, I was there. That's not what happened. Wait a minute. That's not the right order of events. Wait a minute. Who did this? So it's really disgusting to watch that. And it's really caused a, a real distaste or displeasure in my, uh, for me when I think about my government, my media, what's happening. So they keep saying, well, you're not apologetic or you're not this or you're not owning up to it. No, okay, I went there, so I trespassed. I crossed an invisible barrier that how was I supposed to know that it existed, first of all. Second, I did go in the building, and I went there with the idea of demonstrating and peacefully demonstrating, which is seen from the video evidence. And all that the government wants to focus on, all that the media wants to focus on is, oh, you drank a shot of fireball whiskey. Like, I, you know, my crime of drinking cheap cinnamon whiskey was going on at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we were at a tailgate. It was a Trump event. And we love our president. He's done a great job for the country. We've had an economy and uh, success like we haven't seen in years before. So when you see what I saw and what David saw and other reputable people saw, and then you listen to what this January 6th committee says, you listen to what these media reports say, you're like, 
you lie, you attack the people. You that's not how this went down. People were there being peaceful. Yes, some people were out of hand. Um, and there are definitely some people that acted outside their character in various ways, and some of them pretty seriously. But the reality is, is 99.9% .9 of the people there were good people that were there in prayer, in song, in spirit, in support of their nation, in support of their legislators doing the right thing. They had high hopes, and then we saw those hopes dash that uh, they didn't do the right thing. They didn't even take a look at it, the information. And we, the Americans here in this country, as well as around the world, people around the world, have watched a constant outpouring of the truth coming out through things to things like 2,000 mules, etc. And we're validated and saying, here, this really happened, and now here we are faced with this as, oh, you're the evil insurrectionist that went to the building. Wait a minute. Who's the evil person? You stole an election from the American people. All I did was walk around with a megaphone and say, you know, hey, we want our country back and support the police and back the blue. And here we are, those that are being charged with crimes, yet where are they with the technology to go try the 2,000 mules? Why aren't they seeing charges? But here we are. I could ask you, uh, how, how did you end up being there that day? So I went there with a friend of mine. His name is Mark Anthony. He's now deceased. Um, Mark Anthony just happens to be black. You know, it's usual white supremacists travel with our black friends. And, uh, you know, and it's the this stupid media nonsense that just keeps coming. And it's a deluge of lies. But, you know, I've said it uh, in the video. I said it now. And it's not something I ever thought of before we did Bloody Hill. But I said, uh, you know, Joe Biden owns the first lie of January 6th. And it's true because I sat in the Freedom Plaza Hotel afterward realizing that, you know, some things had certainly gone wrong with what was supposed to be nothing but a peaceful demonstration. But watching that, you're going, wait a minute here. Joe Biden comes out and calls everybody a seditionist and insurrectionist, says that nobody there was a demonstrator or a protester. That's a lie. That's another lie. I mean, but it was the first lie of January 6th that we all witnessed. And here we are all now living what uh, was a deluge of lies and what is now the situation that has uh, 900 Americans and they're gunning for 3,000? When before we ever set a target goal of people to arrest? Well, welcome to the Biden regime. This is an administration. It's a coup, a takeover, a regime. And I'm sick and disgusted by it. And I'm not going to sit by and shut up. They're going to put me in prison because I won't shut up and go for it. You know, that's the way it is. But, you know, you're just making more martyrs. That's all that's happening. Wow. David, um, how did you end up being there uh, that day? So I was the uh, reluctant participant. We did the Stop the Steel rallies in Texas. I was quite tired and spent, and everyone kept saying, dude, you need to be there. You need to go. You need to film. You've got a whole film crew, you know, people that would go and help with that. And, uh, you know, even my wife, you know, was saying, you, you need to be there. This is part of history. You need to record it. We've dealt with Antifa and such many times in the past, so we have an idea of how a lot of that works that maybe some people don't. So... You know, we spread out in the crowd that day. We showed up, you know, at, after the ellipse, we, we left before Trump finished. We went down to the uh, Capitol a little early and watched the very first gate push. We watched the, the entire event unfold and we spread out to record it. And we caught some really important stuff on film that the media will never show. And of course, you know, we put the first movie out called Writing History and it's almost like the Blair Witch yeah. movie. It's jumbly and everything moves around a lot, but it gives you a real idea of what the day was like in a chronological order. And then this Bloody Hill movie was the logical next step to tell people, you know, more of the ins and outs 
of what's actually going on and how the, the politics of it are working against the people right now. So it was an, an interesting way to get there. I picked up a friend in Dallas, a friend in Tennessee, a couple in North Carolina and headed on up. And it was, it was just really a, a God moment to be there. The most patriotic event I've ever imagined in my whole life. It was, it was that amazing for those that were there that didn't see the violence feel like I do about that. If you saw the violence, you're in awe that something so beautiful could be just destroyed so quickly. Right. You, in what way was it patriotic? What did you see? So listen, it was all races, all people, all styles, of, you know, and it wasn't just conservatives by any means. It, it was a, a really wide variation of Americans uh, from all over the country and, and way more than three or 4,000 or 30,000, like they say, and we'll show you the pictures, you know, in the videos and, and the stills of millions of people. And, and there's no doubt. And that was what was so beautiful about it. I believe that everyone showed up at the right place at the right time to do the right thing in the right way. And, and it was beautiful. People were singing, you know, American songs, the Star Spangled Banner and God bless America. And they were praying and uh, singing religious songs as well. And there was just an atmosphere of unity and togetherness and, and that we were, you know, not, not, I don't want to say fighting for the right reason, but we were, I mean, we were there to make a stand. And we didn't know that it was going to turn into a fight. And it's it's like we were completely unprepared for that. But that's really what happened. We went to peacefully protest and were attacked. And uh, the rest is history. Just need to get the details worked out for people. So when you say the first, uh, you were there from the first gate push, do you mean uh, that visual that many of us have seen where all of these guys are, somebody's got a Trump hat backwards and they're all pushing yes. the gate. Is that the first gate push? Yeah, actually that's the second gate push. There was a gate before that, okay. that people are unaware of. And for the longest time, they call that the first gate with the guy with the hat turned around backwards. That's Ryan Samsel. And, and, and that's considered the first gate, but there was actually a gate just before that uh, 30 yards or so. <clears throat> and that's where the people had congregated and that's where the police stood at first until the crowd grew. And then they literally went back to the next gate and waited to see what happened. They left people unattended to take apart the little bicycle rack. You know, it's not the big fence that you see around the Capitol now or the Supreme Court. It's the little bicycle racks. So the crowd was basically in, enticed to take that first one apart unguarded no police there get the feeling you know get get all excited hey we're going in then when they got to the the second gate that's where ryan Samsel, you know turned his head around and ray epps whispered in his ear that whole thing and that's what i tell people look if we wanted to kill the police or hurt the police or do anything to the police that's where it would have started and and we didn't attack the police they attacked the gate and they wanted to make their voice heard they didn't try to you know, beat anybody to death or anything. That wasn't the intention at all. And it was the most peaceful gate push I've ever seen in my life. One lady did fall down and hit her head, but that's on the cops for not giving her a helmet. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't gear her up properly to meet a crowd of that size. And, and they knew it was coming. So we see it's choreographed chaos. They, they definitely knew there was a massive, massive crowd coming. They did very little to nothing to, to prevent them from getting onto the property in the first place. 
And now they want to paint this big story about how violent everybody was. And it's just not the truth. And uh, I see the numbers, you know, like Trina said, they've got a set number that they want, but I, I see it being a lot higher at the end of the, at the end of the whole day. And uh, it's about getting the millions of people that went and putting them on a list of some sort, taking their voting rights, taking their gun rights, doing something to uh, keep them from participating in the next election or two for sure. So, uh, Trennis, I've heard that Donald Trump had actually said we should bring in the, the guard, um, the National Guard. Have you heard that as well? And that that was never that never happened. Nancy Pelosi never invoked that. Yeah. So Donald Trump had authorized the use of uh, 10 or 20,000 National Guard troops days before. And, you know, look, here's the thing. It's, I'm going to say this. I don't feel like because there wasn't National Guard there that it should have been a different event. And I don't feel like, oh, well, people should be better behaved or what have you. But let's get real here. I always look back at the Occupy movement. They wanted to occupy Wall Street. They occupied federal buildings. They occupied Capitol buildings around this country. And when I say they, I mean the Democrats, the left, the opposition, I guess, to the right, if you will. Uh, the other half, or well, they claim to be half the society, if you will. Um, and I don't believe that. I just, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. But anyway, either way, they, uh, at the Occupy movement, like in Wisconsin in 2012, you have to think about the reality of what happened there. People stormed the building, they went in the building, they stopped a vote that they didn't like about something, they stood there, they camped out, they stayed for weeks demanding justice for what they wanted. And that was fine. It was the media darling. Nancy Pelosi's quote was democracy in action. She said, this is what you call democracy in action. So while the left can go into a Capitol building and stay there and take it or be there for weeks, they went in through windows, they fought their way in through doors, pushing and shoving with the police. And that was fine and dandy. I don't remember seeing any CS gas. I don't remember seeing anyone die. I don't remember seeing any brutal beatings that went on. None of those things occurred. That was all fine and dandy. And far, furthermore, just don't forget that the left has gone in and occupied yet and gone into another federal building since this. And they don't have a list of heinous charges. They don't have massive prosecution. There wasn't an FBI sting to go around and round them all up, televise the kicking of doors and all these matters. That, that didn't happen. But here we are. Those on the right are just suffered. You know, they want to extract this pound of flesh. They're going to take it all. They want to make sure that we know that when they choose or select someone for office, not we don't vote for our people in office anymore. This is a farce and it's a lie that we, the people, believe for way too long. And the real reality is, is that it's a fraudulent election. 2020 was stolen from we, the people. It was stolen again uh, at the uh, Senate elections and that there at the runoff elections. Raphael Warnock is not a legitimate senator. We do not have a legitimate Congress. We don't have a legitimate president. We have belligerent occupants. And I urge people to look up that term. These people are not legitimate occupants in those offices. These are belligerent occupants at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, 950-905 Gresham there. So that's the reality. This isn't our country anymore. It's been stolen from we the people. And we have to just sit here and tough it out. And that's the idea. But I do remind people, no one ever voted their way out of tyranny just like you guys are experiencing with Trudeau. I don't think many people are looking forward to him being in office. I think I saw what your country had to say about it. I watched, and you know, the sad reality to me is, is America, the United States, which has always been a bastion of freedom, 
a place where freedom rings from and everybody looks to the West for us to be that hope and joy and the freedom and the people that stand up for their rights. Here we are now. I watch farmers from around the world. I watch trucker convoys show up, not going to DC. Sorry, I mean, I've seen all these things. I'm sorry, America, you've lacked courage. You just haven't gotten it together. And that's the reality, we lack courage. Now you're scared because the FBI came down hard on me and a bunch of other people. I don't understand. This isn't the kind of people that I'm born from. These aren't my people, these aren't my Americans. Sorry, my people have courage. My people have grit, they have guts and they will stand against all odds for anything when it comes to justice, number one, freedom. Wow, um, it, it's a, it has a lot of parallels to what we've been through in, the, in, uh, in Canada from what you guys have experienced in the United States. Um, uh, can I ask, are, so are you both under investigation? What is your uh, personal uh, position, David, with, are, are they after you for having been there? Are you facing consequences? Oh, yeah. I'm facing consequences at a whole different level. I have never been charged, but the FBI has been to my house uh, several times. Uh, one of my, well, three, four of my employees, three of my employees that work with StopHate.com have been charged. Um, we're still trying to see what happens with those cases as well. And that, that's what bothers me. You've got legitimate journalists that have been uh, singled out as, you know, if you have an opinion about what happened then you're not a journalist or what's your definition of citizen journalist and, and, and how does that really work? So we're really at a, uh, an interesting time with that definition. It has never been before the Supreme Court. I think this would be a great opportunity because it's been selected that, you know, the, the congressional staff and media were the eyes and ears of the riot, if you listen to them. But we know that the citizens, over a million cameras, were the eyes and ears of the protest and the rally. So it depends on who you ask and to whose footage you see as to how it's portrayed, same as the select committee using their, you know, doctored, uh, selected, edit, edited, you know, what little piece they want to use to tell their story and spin it. And uh, that's where, you know, regular people like me and, and the guys on my staff, you know, are trying to put the story out. But to hear your friends' names during the impeachment trial, hear them called out by name and to say, look, I literally know these people. I've known these people for years. They're not the people they're being made out to be or represented as. That's the lies. That's the travesty. That's where people need to say, look, these people were around before this happened. They had a reputation. They have a name. And, and for that to be just drugged through the mud, for instance, Philip Anderson has been a freedom fighter for several years. He's really tried to, you know, make people known while well, he was holding Roseanne Boylan's hand when he lost consciousness as she was CS gassed and or beaten to death by Lila Morris and the rest of the Capitol Police, their Metro Police in the tunnel. So for him to come out and tell that story, we put it in writing history June a year ago and people attacked us and said, you're lying. That didn't happen. There's no way. There's no way. And then Gary McBride found the video that we waited to, you know, prove the story. And now everyone is becoming aware of the Roseanne Boylan story, but they still need to know about Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, you know, the, the government, the media, the coroner put out that they died of natural causes. One had a heart attack, one had a stroke, I think. People need to realize 
there's nothing natural about getting hit with a concussion grenade when it stops your heart. That's not a natural cause. That's not a natural death. So these people need to be held accountable for the murders. Everyone's caught up on this broken glass and gas in the air and people spraying and pushing each other. And they've overlooked the four murders that day. And I think that's really where the people need to stand up and say, we're not going to sit by and let you cover these murders like they didn't have. These were innocent people that went to rally, went to protest, went to make their voice heard. The government murdered them and then is blaming the very protesters. That's where I have an issue. And I believe that the more people understand that and realize it, this is our chance to take our government back because of the way they're acting. We all just need to step up and, and do the right thing right now. Um, so when you, so there's so much confusion over how many murders that day, because I know when they started uh, the, the hearings, they're saying five police officers died. And lo and behold, from my understanding, only one police officer died that day. And, no. uh, oh. Yeah, he didn't die that day. He died no. the next day. Actually. Yeah. Go ahead, Trinus. Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. I mean, this is really David's lane, but the Brian Sicknick, Officer Brian Sicknick served honorably in the U.S. military. Brian Sicknick served honorably in the Capitol Police. Nobody should have died that day. Is and I'm going to steal. Dave, sorry, David. I'm going to say something you like to say that you and I've talked about a lot. But the reality here is Brian Sicknick was a good man that should have never died. And the reason he died was because of the failure of the Capitol Police to respond when Patriots took him back to the line. I got to let David take it away on that. That's really his lane. I just, I'm sorry. I, I had to correct it right out of the I'm sorry. I jumped in. David, no, David, no, no. I, I, Listen, you're right, and you're right to be upset about that. Here's the lie. Here's what happened. We had a witness that, you know, God has been gracious to us. He's helped us find the information that we need to set the record straight. In January, uh, Taylor Hansen helped me write an article about the five deaths. In January, I finally found where Benjamin Phillips, they had said he never made it to the event. So when we finally got the fifth death, we already had the information on the other four. We wanted to put that out. Brian Sicknick, it turns out. Officer Sicknick was taken to the police line at about three o'clock by one of our witnesses, Rod Taylor. He took him to the police and said, this man is having a medical emergency. Something's wrong with him. He thinks he might have told him he thinks he's having a stroke. He's not sure. The police said, we'll take care of him. We got this. Well, five and a half hours later, our next witness, Chris Alberts, who is a trained combat medic, told the police, I recognize that guy's name. He's having an emergency, his face is white, his lips are blue, I think he's having a stroke, let me treat him. And they said, mind your own business. And an hour and a half later, Sicknick collapsed. They tried to do CPR on him, but he wasn't dead, that's not good for you. And then he was on life support for the next 24 hours. One of the media sources dropped the story of his death at hour basically 23, had to retract the story because he wasn't dead yet. When they unplugged him an hour later, they, they broke the news that he was murdered by a fire extinguisher, by Trump supporters. They bashed his head in. Totally not true. They even lied to Sicknick's family and got them to buy into the reasoning behind it. And then it turns out they tried to say it was gas that he had been sprayed. That was a lie as well. He died of two blood clots in the bottom of his brain from what the a medical examiner had said. It was a stroke, natural causes. But when you think about it, they started the whole impeachment trial. They said Trump 
had a, a riot that led to the death of an officer. That is totally not true. The whole impeachment was started based on that lie. And everything that this commission and, and the government, the media does is to distract us from the deaths. They want us to chase Ray Epps. They want us to chase all these rabbits down these holes that don't take us anywhere to get our people free, in my opinion. And I really think the deaths stand out as we cannot go past this until people are held responsible. So Ashley Babbitt, we know, was, was shot uh, execution style uh, to a man that was cleared. Roseanne Boylan was sprayed and beaten by Officer Lila Morris. Um, Kevin Grease and Benjamin Phillips, both hand grenades, concussion grenades that day. And then the next day, Officer Brian Sicknick. They say there have been four policemen that have committed suicide since. Very questionable stories. We know of five Patriots, J6ers, who have committed suicide since. We know there have been other, several other deaths related to January 6th from a miscarriage caused by the FBI raid to a car accident to respiratory illness, people that never got their name cleared. And, and it's just a travesty. And, and until people can say, hey, we're not going to stand by and let this happen to good people, we're going to keep having these problems as a people. So it's up to really us to get this done. Really shocking. Um, Trent, it, it does seem like there's a lot of misinformation. Uh, one of the things that you do see when you look at these videos is it looks like, like you see the Trump people, I guess they're supposedly Trump supporters smashing in windows or, you know, pushing through. But um, a lot of it, you just see people wandering in, which is, I think, what you experienced, Trennis. You kind of just wandered in like it was kind of like, cool, like, you know, you're you're in this building. But you do see some people. What do you think was going on? And was there infiltration from Antifa or other bad actors? Unlike the left and the federal government and the select committee, I'll tell the truth. I went in the building with intent. I didn't wander in. I made the error of going in there, but I went there to demonstrate. I went there to have my voice be heard. Once I got inside, I was leading the national anthem inside. That's that video evidence of that. And then I saw people carrying the iron items that didn't look like they were things they brought with them that day. So when I saw that people were doing potentially looting my capital, then I had a problem and it wasn't in mass. There was just a handful of people that I noticed that were just, you know, they were misbehaving. They just gotten outside. I don't know if they got too excited. I don't know what they did, but what they did was wrong. All right. You're stealing from the Capitol. That's my tax dollars. It belongs to every American. And we've all paid for those goods, items, books, coat racks, whatever. And look, I get it. You got out of control. And I immediately chastised people for that on a megaphone on video. To the point where additionally i was saying we back the blue we support the police we're not here for anything violent we're not blm we are not antifa we're not those losers that want to destroy the country tear it down rebuild it and rebrand it in their own name or idea or image or whatever the heck they're trying to do what we were attempting to do was demonstrate for a stolen 2020 election get that right when i saw that i didn't want, want anyone to do anything to take away from that I had three different police officers come to me, go out of their way to come to me and shake my hand, thank me for what I was saying and keep people cool. Additionally, and there wasn't very many people that needed to be kept cool, just a few 
out of hundreds that I were visible to me in the simple, the simple hallway in the room that I walked down to. And uh, in that, they, I had another one, and additionally, another police officer fist bumped me, and another one pat me on the back and thanked me. Yet the FBI, when they came to my house on January 17th, sent two plainclothes officers to have a chat with me, talk with me about what I saw, ask me if I was there, which I immediately said, yes, I was there. I have video footage. I want to talk to you. But after the craziness that Joe Biden said, I want to have a lawyer present. I contacted a lawyer and said, I'll sit down with you. I'll bring you what you want, whatever. I'll bring you video. We can talk. Let's get a conversation going. If In a normal circumstances, I'd invite you in. We'd have a glass of tea, put on a pot of coffee. If it's going to be a long evening, whatever, we'll break it all down. No problem. However, then on March 4th, these idiots come back to my house with a SWAT team of 20 plus, raid my home, put, put my 13 year old child and my wife at gunpoint on automatic weapons, act like that I'm some national security risk. And with the idea, they sent men here with the idea that I was responsible or people that I was with were somehow responsible for killing one of the officers there that day, Brian Sicknick, that I told you. So, you know, look, I'm gonna throw this in here. I respect our courts and I respect, well, I used to respect our courts. It's very becoming increasingly difficult to respect our courts. I respect the ideology of our courts and I respect the institution for which they stand. But there's a lot of people out there that are bastardizing those ideas that are being very destructive in nature to the American ideology. They're stabbing these people in the back with the idea that these people are insurrectionists, seditionists. I mean, you're going to tell me grandma with a cell phone that's a documentary journalist is an insurrectionist? You're talking about the most armed populace in the country that we went there for an insurrection and we forgot our guns? Get the hell out of here. It's time to get real about that. I'm just tired of even soft opening. I have sentencing coming up here on August 16th, and I'm telling you, there's not going to be bow down, crybaby apology moment. I'm sorry I entered the building illegally. Agree. Okay. Bad decision. I get it, but I really thought that what I was doing was demonstrating, just like the Occupy movement, everything that we've seen, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Ayanna Presley, all these people say that was the right course of action, and everybody else is doing these things. We're watching it go on for years, and it's fine. It's democracy in action. And then we have a real issue, not like the one about George Floyd, this loser, deadbeat, drug addict career criminal, home invasion robber, that they want to go out and build as a martyr, great. Hey, nobody should ever be beaten like that. Nobody should be beaten to death, regardless of skin color, race, religion. That's what America is all about, freedom of all those things. But you have this kind of ideology going on, and then you have governors coming out and mayors coming out saying, well, we got to let them get it out of their system. You know, they're upset, whatever. And it's okay for them to burn down cities. We just saw the sentencing here of uh, how many Antifa and BLM people? The charges are dropped. They never see, you know, strenuous trials. They burn down police, you know, literally set fire to police cars and known to have done it. There's video evidence and they drop the charges down to like unlawful conduct or something instead of arson, destruction of federal property, destruction of city property, whatever, and cut them little deals. And they do six months in jail for burning down, for literally throwing a Molotov cocktail into a police car and burning it to the ground in New York City, while people that walked around with a video camera are doing 60 days in federal prison and they're supposed to be on minimums and end up in max? Get out of here. Enough's enough. I mean, it's time for reality. It's time for truth. America needs to hear it. 
I'm not running from it. I broke the law. I accept that. Okay, give me my fine and send me home like you've done with everybody else that I've ever seen protest in the Capitol. Maybe they get a day or three days in jail or something. And then in this case, we're talking about thousands of dollars in fine. You're part of an insurrection. You're violating the very laws that this country stands for. We do not in this country impute the crimes of another onto on one and to another. These are facts. It's the way our laws work. But yet here we are. We want to operate like this is the worst moment in American history. They breached the Capitol. It's the end of the world. I looked in a building and I could see people peacefully interacting with the police. I could see hugs going on. I could see handshakes, fist bumps, selfies being taken with officers. I chose to enter there because I saw it a peaceful situation. You know, I actually went back through it for the very first time, went through my stupid discovery and look at the idea. And I stood up on there at the entryway before I made the decision to go in for like nine to 11 seconds, making sure that it was a peaceful scene that I could see. I wanted a better look. And once I saw that, I wanted to be a part of a peaceful demonstration and nothing more. Yet you came to my house, you charged me with obstruction of Congress, four other misdemeanors, violent entry, all this nonsense. And the idea that this is the worst moment in history. And I just say the same thing every time. Quit lying. Tell the people the truth. David's people deserve the truth. All these journalists deserve the truth. The American people deserve the truth. This is not going down in history this way. You're not going to write the history books. 12-year-old, 14-year-old children aren't going to be reading about this 30 years from now and have it your way. I assure you of that. I will make sure that we will get history corrected. We will get the truth out there because there are courageous people that are going to keep telling the truth. And we're done with the lies about the Langs and the Maccabees and the Pozzolas and all these people and the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters, Oath Keepers. We, the people, will not stand for your BS anymore. Sorry. Wow. Good. No, really and <laughs> and I think, uh, right, I, I think of when I remember uh, the BLM bunch uh, taking over Chad. Uh, and Chaz turning it into a little city named Chad or Chop. Chaz or whatever Chaz. Chaz and Chop. <laughs> yeah, Chop. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, and and you think of these uh, phony CNN mainstream media is really culpable in all of this. I don't know if they're also being paid off. If this is why they can't seem to tell the truth, if their life depends on it, because if the truth were really out there, we wouldn't have a divided America because everyone would be seeing the truth and the truth would set you free. But you've got the mainstream media who's got, you know, a reporter with burning buildings all behind him. And he's saying, you know, it's mainly peaceful here. You know, it's just a bit of a joke. Um, uh, David, I, I wonder if you could respond to some of what... Um, what Trennis has said. Well, about exactly right. Sorry. Well, that's the thing. You take over land in the United States with a gun and say, this is ours now. We don't abide by your rules and we're keeping this and y'all stay out or we'll kill you. That's pretty strong. Nobody did that on January 6th. Nobody said, this is ours now. We all went home when they asked us to go home. We went peacefully. We didn't hurt anybody. And more importantly, we didn't tear things up on the way home and we didn't tear things up when we got home. We've been living our lives peacefully in our neighborhoods. The ones that are disturbing the peace are the FBI when they can't come to abduct people and kidnap them from their homes. But let me tell you, he's also right about the history and what we're seeing. If you go to Wikipedia right now and look up January 6, 2021, you're going to see that make-believe little set of gallows that was about this tall in real life that had a piece of rope about that big around 
in real life that was put up with basically a nail. It wasn't a usable machine in any way, shape or form. Even the bottom of it on the backside had a little sign about yay big that said, this is art. And, you know, I'm not sure if it was a good guy or a bad guy that took it, but the way it was used is for bad. They have that on Wikipedia saying that everyone there went to hang Mike Pence and the rest of the politicians. That is as far from the truth. But listen, you nailed it when you said, why would they perpetuate this lie? And what about the division? That's the only reason they're doing what they're doing. Well, not the only reason, but the biggest. And, and we talk about that specifically in Bloody Hill because... Look, they don't want the left and the right to get along and to realize that it's been the government the whole time pitting us against each other, that we're really not that different. We all have the same wants and needs and desires and lives to a certain extent. We have way more in common than we do differently, but they want us to focus on what's different. That, that's the media. That's the whole thing. And, and until people stand up and say, hey, that is not the truth. That's not what happened. We know better and we're going to hold you to account. Our media is the biggest part of this problem right now because they won't let us get the truth out to the people. That's where the crime is. And maybe that's uh, what's so great about Bloody Hill, which is uh, describe for me, David, what uh, is this like a, a documentary feature on what really happened that day? It is, and it's not. It's it, you know I've never seen a film like this personally, and and what it is is Trennis and and Wano Seven and myself. We we basically answer the questions to to our our teammates as to what the sins are, the seven abominations of January sixth, and we just break down each one of those in a way that you know this is how that played in. To the January 6th story. This is what they lied about. This is the the hands that, that shed innocent blood. And we just really, it's conversational. And then we infuse all the video that, that just actually backs up everything we say. It's not an opinion, although it sounds a lot like an opinion. These are our stories. We were there on January 6th. And if you read the subtitles before and the credits after, you find out that we're participants that day. We're not just talking heads. And then at the end, you see how you can help people and positive calls to action that so many others forget to say, hey, you know, we're making a movie. We're going to we're going to get some accolades or some attention. But how do you help the people? That's what our end game is all about. And uh, of course, you can go to stophate.com slash J6 to to see some calls to action on how you can help. But but that's the thing to me. It's just the perpetuation of the lies. And and when the media owns a narrative and when the media is able to censor out all the truth, all the good news, where are we going to be in 20 or 30 years when somebody studies January 6, 2021? What are they going to see? Nothing but reports from the left, insurrection, sedition, all these horrible people. They're trying to frame that so they can get their domestic violent extremist ver verbiage so they can hold us all. So if the church says we're going to go to the state capitol and protest against abortion, now all you people are scaring us and we're going to throw you all in jail indefinitely without due process because we can't. That's the verbiage they're going for, and and I think they're just experiment with our J6ers. Um, mm -hmm. Trennis, one of the things that I saw on this amazing, and I loved it, this incredible documentary, everybody needs to see it uh, just to just to experience um, some of the, uh, you know, personal testimony on this uh, film. 
but I did see visuals of that actual day with a man praying for Mike Pence. And uh, that was a tough day because Mike Pence did not do what everyone hoped and certainly what the president uh, was going to do. But you could see the redemption and the forgiveness and the prayers for him. No, you're not going to get any forgiveness for Mike Pence out of me. Mike Pence is a traitor to the country. He was a traitor <laughs> to the president. Yeah. He was a traitor to the people. And Mike Pence can go straight to hell as far as I'm concerned. I won't send him there. I don't think peaceful Americans like myself want anything to do with any violence. But I will say that what's just is just. And I do think that one day, look, I don't think that uh, Mike Pence will be the kind of guy that's going to swing for treason when the Nuremberg-style trials start. When this crap ends that's going on in our country, I don't think that that would be just for Mike Pence. He had a decision to make. He chose not to make it. He'll never be able to run for dog catcher in this country unless he runs as a Democrat. And you think he, he well knows that. But however, that in my opinion, that there are many people that have done what they've done to the American people, these globalists, these elitists, these people like your Trudeau, our Biden, uh, you know, Biden's actually not smart enough to craft all this. What's happening to Biden, I've said over and over again, is elder abuse. Biden shouldn't be in office. He should be somewhere with his slippers enjoying an ice cream and thinking about all the wrong he's done to the country and the things he's stolen, like the, you know, the Constitutional Republic here and the democracy, and wondering about how he's going to get himself into heaven. That's how, what he should be doing. But, you know, he better be repenting fast, not looking good for Biden. But anyway the reality that i'm saying is is that people here deserve justice we deserve righteous justice and i want that carried out in courts of law i want real trials i want people that have done this that have lied that covered up the deaths the murders of people on january 6th that were allowed to happen what's been perpetuated in this country need to be exposed for what they have done to the american people again i always own that we had people on our side I'm not going to just blame BLM and Antifa for their instigation, agitation at that event, but I didn't kill anyone. I didn't harm anyone. I was there on behalf of the police. I stood for the police. I stood for my building. I stood for constitutional rights. I stood for a peaceful right of redress of grievances. While I chose to go about it in the wrong way, which I admit, I always admit that. I'm not trying to hide from the truth, and that's what makes me different. I'll own the truth. I'm not going to run away and tuck my head and try and cover it up. Be like, no, no, don't look over here. Just like the Democrats do with the boat. You know, they might spend tens of millions of dollars to defend and to hide and to keep under secret, under lock and key, these ballots and information so that no meaningful audits can be done. Why? We all know the reality. If you did something, if nothing's wrong, the fastest way, and I still say it right now, they could end the divide. They could end it all because I'd be the first to say I was wrong. Open up the ballots, open up the information, open it up to a full audit across the country. That would be the fastest way to get rid of Donald Trump and all of us. And we'd be all be going, man, we got duped. I'm going to tell you what, it'd be Donald Trump would be my target for making sure somebody saw a trial, Nuremberg style trials for lying to us, if that were the case. We all know that's not the case, though. We've all seen 2,000 mules. We've all seen what's happened. We've all seen the truth. None of this is debunked. You know, the 60 court cases, all the things that we as Americans went there knowing and all we wanted, just send it back to the states. Let them have another chance to review it because nobody wanted this disaster that is the Biden regime. Nobody wanted to see these things happen in our country. Nobody wanted to see the destruction, the financial destruction, uh, the end of our food sources, the shipping, the disasters, 
the mask mandates coming back, on to another vaccine, a fifth vaccine, uh, lockdowns. That's where we're headed again. We all know that's coming because they need that for the election. And that's exactly what they're going to do. We've all known it all along. Yet here we are going through it again. And with no one standing up. And I'm going to tell you, people, you're cowards. You're a disgrace to the country if you don't stand up. And when I say stand up, you do it peacefully. You do it legally. You do it lawfully. You know, our parents had it right. Future past generations, Martin Luther King, they stood up, they sat in, they did sit-ins, no violence, no destruction. I know that you were a part of those kind of things, Lord. You, you saw these things, Lord, in your own country. And, and this is what's beautiful. It should be representative of the people. That is democracy in action. You're watching right now in this video what American people saw right there. You're seeing a man being savagely beaten in front of American people. We talked about what happened there with Rodney King back in California. And look what that did. People saw that on the news later and what happened. What would have happened if people would have seen Rodney King, if tens of thousands of people would have seen it right then and there? What would have happened if the community would have seen that? That's what happened on January 6th. They saw savage beatings of Americans. They saw a woman being beaten savagely on her capital steps and possibly to death. We don't know for sure how that is, but she was laying in a pool of gas. She was unconscious. Did she die? Which, which injury inflicted by the police unnecessarily caused her death? Why did they just let the people go in and protest like they did in, in the Democrats when they went to Wisconsin, like I brought up before? Why not? Why couldn't they protest? Why couldn't you go in and protest? Okay, if that's not the case, you can't go in and protest. You want to stop them. You don't stop them with deadly force from protesting. You don't stop unarmed people with deadly force. And that the Capitol Police own. Lila Morris, Lieutenant Byrd, the people there, the people that threw those grenades, they have to own what they've done. They will one day have to stand for that, whether it be on this earth or in the next life. They're going to have to stand for those crimes. And I certainly hope that it's here and for real, real value to the American people so we can get back on track. Let's tell the truth. Let's own it. That's all I want, the truth. To agitate this crowd. I think that's good. And in defense of what you've said as well about Mike Pence, I will say, uh, David, uh, just in the last couple of days, it looks like the Democrats uh, took out that clause that might allow um, a vice president to put on hold the count for the election, or uh, I think you call it... Um, where you, you, you sort of, uh, you make sure, you certify. Yeah, you certify the election. Just in the last couple of days, I heard on the news that the Democrats have now removed that, which kind of means, it seems, David, that uh, they, that Mike did have that right, which he did not invoke, which is, I think, what, um, you know, we all are not happy about what he did. So the, the very fact that the Democrats revoked that seems to show that he could have done something. How do you plan for that? Yeah, it's it's almost like an admission of guilt after the fact, like, hey, we almost that was a close one. So let's make sure that, you know, I didn't even think about that at the time. Let's make sure that can't happen next time. But, you know, it is so hard to see what's going on now with that whole situation with Pence. It's hard because there was so much faith and trust and, and we put, you know, everything we had in, in him doing the right thing, what we considered. And, you know, Hey, I, I don't understand the whole game. I'm just a carpenter from East Texas and I'm not sure how it all works together and how it all 
fits, but I know that that is a critical part. And I know that in some of these trials that we're talking about Pence and, you know, him being in danger or whatnot. And we showed that he was in the parking garage under the building down the street. I mean, there was no danger to him at all. And yet these trials are going forward like he was in danger. And it's those little a slot of hand moves that they're going to continue to do to try to lock our people in harm's way and hold them captive like this when it's all based on lies and, and that whole impeachment thing you know because of the 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 riot that led to the death you know i, I think if we can ever go back to to that point and say you know th this is based on a lie we need to back that up and start right there you know we can't get past this this is this is talked about in the movie as that moment it's like our civil war and it is for that division and you know, we've fought so much back and forth. I don't know how we can ever come together as one people and say, hey, we have to hear each other out because we didn't kill anybody like they told you. And and that's the hardest conversation to have because the, the propaganda is so powerful. The media is so strong in, in pushing this narrative out that it really doesn't matter. It seems like at the end of the day, what we think or what our opinion is or what we hope for they're going to do whatever they want and write the rules to fit their agenda to dominate us at every turn. So it's all we can do to, you know, play defense. And that's why we're not winning. You know, we, we try to keep up with their game. We need to flip it and play offense and say, hey, this is our game, our rules. We're not playing the way you do anymore because you don't play fair. And they really don't. But that's what Trinus is talking about, the importance of those deaths is the fact that there are people that need to be held accountable for crimes, actual, literal murders. Let's just see what that looks like. They may be exonerated or, you know, whatever, but we need to have some real trials, some real accountability and, and see if there was real danger. You can't say that every bit of police brutality that day was considered objectively reasonable. If you've seen the things that I've seen or that Trentis has seen or that a lot of the nation has seen now, they're not buying that. And they won't stand by for it much longer. We've seen all these. Uh, some some people have gone so far in the aftermath of this um, of this day that was so epic, uh, like Ashley Babbitt. She is truly, you know, one of the ones that uh, you know she paid a, a very large price and nobody's ever been charged. These are things I guess that are lingering, but people have even done up videos. I've had people write to me because I've talked about Ashley Babbitt's um, situation and her death and they've said, well, that wasn't real. And people put together these videos to try to show that it was some sort of psyop. What do you all say to that? Oh, can I, can I jump on that one? Oh gosh, please yeah, do. Dying, dude. So. Mickey, Ashley Babbitt's mother, I've spent some considerable time with and I talk to on a regular basis, as does David. And I'm going to tell you, can you imagine being a grieving mother, going through what you're going through? I mean, it's got to be difficult enough to be a grieving parent. And then, in addition, you're in, your child is constantly a name in the media. I mean, you can't get a moment's... I don't think you get a moment's peace from the loss of a child. Anyway, from my understanding, I've seen that before, you know, uh, Ashley's death of dealing with knowing Mickey. But a reality here that people have to come to understand is then to have people in denial and saying that she's not really dead. I mean, just stop, for the love of God, please let this family grieve. Let these people uh, 
have what they the time they need to have it, you know uh, they, i don't know if it's even healing just the the grief process to play out for them um, as it will continue to play out for years to come but please do it without you know i think it's shameful enough that our country dishonored her memory when she was trying to help the situation I mean, she punched the guy that was busting out the glass i mean it would appear to me that she was going there to try and stop what was going on. And I think similar to me, that's what David talks about this a lot about, you know, the police were overrun, the people were there. Why aren't there all these police deaths? Why didn't you see a bunch of dead police? Why aren't there a bunch of dead people? Because we the American people are not about that. We're not a violent people. We're not looking for violence. We were looking for truth and honesty in our election. And for people to go out and say, that we did what we did is disgusting. It's no different than the lie they tell in Congress. I can prove that lie, Laura. You know, you're not talking about this. Uh, they altered the timestamps, doctored the video, changed the order of events. They did that to me with their congressional committee. I witnessed it and I called the Senate and House Judiciary Committees and it's like crickets. The only person that's even bothered to answer is Louis Gohmert's office. And that's an aid. I don't know what's going on there. Are we not going to address this? Are we not somebody going to come speak out about this and say they're lying to you people? But we're all just sitting here stuck with it. I'm just wondering, are they scared? Are they a part of it? What is going on? As far as I'm concerned, none of them should be in government. They all need to go. Every single one of them. I want them all out. Start fresh, legally peacefully. I don't want anyone to go and do things with rifles and munitions or anything else, but we the people. I think when you stand up, I think if 10 million people showed up and prayed them out, they'd go away. I don't know. I just, there's got to be something. But the idea that Ashley Babbitt is not dead and that her grieving mother's grief is not real and the shock and disdain that goes along with that, it just, it disgusts me. So please, for the love of God, stop saying that for everybody. Yes. Um, if you have nothing to add to that, David, uh, Liz Cheney is a real shock. Um, Liz Cheney is just a, a Republican in name only, I suppose. Uh, what she's been doing has been really shocking. Yeah, she's an American in name only, in my opinion. And I think that's really the the bottom line for this. I think we have to look at a lot of our politicians in that light now, American in name only. I, I'm not so much the party division guy anymore. It, it's all one party, the uniparty. It's two wings, same bird, same that we've been saying. And I have to agree with Trentis 100%. I want every last one of them out. And I don't want to throw away the Constitution. I don't want to throw away the guidelines, the rule books. I want to throw the criminals out that have corrupted our system against the very people that it was made to support and protect. They don't work for us anymore. They don't represent us anymore. And anyone, I challenge you, I'm hard pressed to find anyone in the Congress or Senate that represents me, that sounds like me, that says what I want them to say, that's saying anything about the murders or the deaths or the brutality or anything. So at some point you have to say, okay, didn't you guys know about these deaths? You know, didn't didn't you see the reports? Didn't you see our story in January? You didn't see Bloody Hill. You didn't see Writing History. You didn't see J6 Truth. You didn't see Capital Fight. You didn't see any of these movies, none of this evidence. How can you people not know that there were murders that day? Okay, so maybe you're too stupid and you need to go home because you're dumb. Or maybe you're in on it 
and you're helping cover it and you all need to go to jail for a long time so we can get our country back. And that cleans the House and the Senate, that cleans the judges, that cleans the sheriffs and the AGs, all these people that know about it, that never reported it. I think they're in for a world of hurt. Once we figure out how to make that work, we're going to use it on everybody. I don't care what side you're on or where you hide, we're coming for you and we're going to put you in jail for doing this to people that are innocent and that deserve better. We went there to save America, not destroy it. Otherwise, we would have had destroy America rally signs everywhere and destroy America on our windshields and destroy everything. You know what we had? Stop the steal. We didn't want people to steal our country and steal our votes. We could see the writing on the wall like we say in the show. It was destruction, it's communism, socialism. This is where we are now. Can't y'all see what we were trying to fight against? So these are the original election auditors that went for everyone that couldn't go, went to support, represent, to stand by Trump and hope that Pence did the right thing. We've got to weigh all that out and see what's really going on with that. We're out of time. You know, we're out of time on this whole election and this vote. And, and here we are at, at another cycle. And I, for one, cannot vote for any of these people that are complicit with these murders. They have to be in the know. If they're not, they're too dumb to be there. I can't vote for them either. But it's so rigged against us. How do we even participate? We've got to find our people that are willing to go up and fight and stand and be the difference and make that change and take these positions from these criminals that are standing over us, making us fight like if you threw two scorpions in the box and see who kills each other first. I'm tired of the division. I don't hate people just because they don't agree with every little thing about me. It's a live and let live, man. It's about freedom. I can respect that. But when you pit people against each other for generations and try to make them kill each other, I have a big problem with that. That's what our government's trying to seal the deal and put the icing on the cake and make sure this division lasts the rest of our lives, our children's lives, our grandchildren's lives. I'm not going to stand by and let that happen. Trennis, uh, do you think you kind of mentioned what you think they're going to do in the fall, uh, you know, mask us and everything. Do you both see um, an alignment with the, the world going a little bit crazy that all of this is somehow a part of it? Um, it, it does appear, and I know that the movie really helps people to understand that what they intended to happen was probably a worse event, but it never happened. It never happened well, that people died because of the Patriots. First of all, they're not going to mask us because I'm not going to wear one. They can take that mask and put it where the yeah, sun doesn't shine. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So I, I refuse to wear that mask. I'm not going to wear that mask anywhere. I'm not going to wear it here or anywhere. It's not going to happen. Get over it. So uh, I'm not going to get a vaccine. I'm not going to be forced into an experimental drug. I'm not going to be part of your beginning pig science project. You do that. Put it where you want to. You put that vaccine. You know what? Here, go ahead and have mine. Make sure you're double protected, right? Now, you know, whoever wants to have it. I support anyone that wants to wear a mask. I support anyone that wants to get a vaccine. And I'll be very clear, I'm not an enemy of my country. I'm an enemy of anyone that doesn't support my Constitution. If you want to undermine the Constitution of this United States, you are my enemy. Very clear. I'll put that right out there. And whatever that means, wherever you, however far you want to take it, I'm willing to go as far as you want to go with that. That's how I feel about that. And I don't mean you, of course, you know that more. But anyone that wants to be an enemy of the Constitution of the United States, this flag in this country, and dishonor the memory of all the blood that's been spilled on beaches, lands, seas, what have you. 
and this and for the past servicemen and those to come and those to put their line on life, life on the line every day now for that yeah, i'm going to tell you, 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 you can, because it's not going to happen you will be my enemy and i'll go as far as you want to go with that i have i won't back down we can take it wherever you need to go anyone that wants to go against the constitution of the united states and destroy america they are an enemy that's treason right now joe biden as far as i'm concerned a belligerent document He's a treasonous person that's allowing people across our southern border. I, like I said, I'm willing to try and vote again. We can give that another world, see how it goes. But if they steal another election, there's going to be problems in this country. And I don't mean that it has to be armament. It doesn't have to be that way. But I'm telling you, I would not test where the American people are right now. This is at a fever pitch. They've already authorized Chuck Schumer, stuck his little thing in there, to be able to authorize the use of military force against the American people. Chuck, that's a bad idea, buddy. You know, I mean, do you think they're going to go out and look for the military? They're going to come looking for you. Let's get real. Those of you that are doing this to destroy America, you know, you're not going to be able to hide. I mean, that's dumb. Why would you do it? I don't want any violence. I've one spoke out against violence. I'm going to speak out against violence and I'll do everything in my power. But let me be very clear. There was a time and it was January, all the way to January 6th when I stood up for peace. I stood up for people and I would put myself in harm's way to defend people that I even that I disagree with. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Where we stand right now, if the people come looking for you with the torches and the pitchforks, don't count on me to come put myself in harm's way to save you because I'm going to make popcorn and watch it play out. Yeah, I think that's a real position for our police to consider right now, too. If you if you don't think about the fact that. Well, the whole American people is watching the Capitol Police and the Metro Police to see what they got away with when it hit the fan. What are the limits when it hit the fan and push came to shove? How much can you do to the people and get away with? And we've had a good taste of that. And listen, the people that went to D.C. trusted the police. They had good relationships with their local law enforcement, and they did not expect the reaction that they got because the Capitol and Metro police are not your local average everyday police force from back home. They treated these people with extreme prejudice and there's blowback on the local police from these people. Now, do you think they trust them the way they trusted them because of what another policeman did to them? I think they don't. I think they don't trust any police anymore, especially when their local sheriff is letting the FBI come into a town and abduct them from their homes, hold their families at gunpoint, steal all their electronics, and then take them away to a foreign land. So I believe that the, the government is intentionally helping uh, grow the divide between the local law enforcement as well. And listen, anybody that, that takes and acts on an unlawful order Listen, they're just as guilty as the people given the order. So these FBI agents, I feel sorry for them, but they're going to go to trial just like everybody else for doing what was wrong. And if people don't start doing what's right, there's there's repercussions. There's going to be consequences to that. And, you know, we're at a point now, I think, in our history where that's a good lesson for people. And I, I'm not excited about it, but I think it's necessary. And I think that will show people firsthand why you don't do some horrible things to American people because then horrible things happen to you under the law and everybody gets to watch. And I think that uh, that's the most beautiful part about it because as hard as it is to watch writing history or to watch Bloody Hill and to see that history, we need to experience it. We need to experience the trials and the, the, the outcome of those trials 
when all this comes to a head, we all need to bear witness and see how horrible that is so that we don't repeat that. So when the government says, hey, this is the worst thing in history, it's worse than 9-11 from Pearl Harbor, it is worse because the government did this. It's an inside job. You know, it's not a foreign government doing this to our people. It's our own government that did this. So it's worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor by far. And, and I think the repercussions for the government but will be far worse for them personally and individually when people find that truth out. Right. Mm -hmm. Ray Epps seems to be this character that nothing has happened to him when uh, he clearly seemed to have been invoking a lot of bad behavior. Sure, sure, Ray, yeah. You know, Ray Epps is, creates a focal point for a lot of people, but like I've said before, even the people at the bottom, the Lila Morrises that, you know, savagely, shamelessly beat Roseanne Boylan, uh, mm -hmm. Lieutenant Bird that shot an unarmed female veteran. These people are not the people at the height of this thing. The people at the top of this thing are your globalists, your elitists. And I, I just don't understand why people are still having shock and, and challenge and trauma and understanding the truth of January 6th is, you know that the government lies to you about the mask, the mandates, CRT, the lockdowns, the vaccine, yet you everything. still go and you know, look at everything. And then you still look at the January 6th people and go, oh, they're so bad. Bull, they're not that bad. These hey, listen, listen, on, if David. you fell for the line that two people died of heart attacks and one girl died of a drug overdose, then this is on you for falling for that. Listen, nobody died at any other Trump rallies. Nobody had heart attacks and strokes and nobody surely had a drug overdose. And yet people bought those stories hook, line and sinker from this media and from this government and from people that we're supposed to listen to that we shouldn't be listening to folks. Let's bottom line. Look, these politicians are corrupt for many reasons. One of them, social media. Look, if they've got a big following and they think now they're important and the people want to hear their voice and they've got something to say and they're important, all that stuff, it's crap. They're servants. They're supposed to serve us. Their following should be two and they should do their job and they should go back to work and they should do as we please. Not stand up there and try to make a fortune for themselves and insider trading and all these special interests and lobbies and retirement and security. We, the American people, are tired of that. They have the most expensive retirement home in America, right up there in Washington, DC. We're tired of funding it. We went to say, this is our house. And they tried to show us it's not. So I'd like to see how this works out. I want it to be as peaceful as possible for all those involved, but I don't think the outcome is gonna really be as peaceful for the people that are in the criminal positions as they would hope. And, and I think that's well-deserved. I can't, you know, judgment's not mine. But I'm going to sit here and watch what happens all the same. I, I believe that is coming. And, uh, you, you know, the word of God says that be sure your sins will find you out. And God always exposes the truth. And we're watching it happen. It, it does seem to take a little bit longer than we'd like, but it is happening. That's right. That's right. Listen, this is the biggest restoration, biggest revival, biggest come to Jesus moment that we've had in generations and generations, people. This is the time. We've seen COVID. We've seen the government. We've seen the world powers. We've seen this whole global move and push to take God out of everything. The whole 
agenda-driven societal issues that are avoidable if you have morals, values, and, and a little religious conviction behind you. So we have to stand up to do what's right for the right reasons, once again, and work that much harder, you know, and I, I always say it's the church's fault, but I'm the church, you know, we're all the church. We have to do more. And, and you know, it always says, we the people, but we have to be the people. That's a little thing we're trying to get kicked off as a new campaign called Be the People. That just motivates people to do the right thing, stand up, say something, talk to your neighbors, spread information, be in the know, be aware, show yourself well proven. Iron sharpens iron. We're here to support each other. That's our purpose. And one thing we try to say is get your relationship right with Jesus first. It's the most important thing. Seek the kingdom. All these other things will be added to you, but we have to get back to that position as a people and as a nation here in America to say that that's where our priorities and values are. And that's what's important to us and we're willing to work for it. We have to show that and this is the time to do it. So like I said, you know, I appreciate the, the opportunity to come on here and, and tell that because so many people don't know about the deaths for one. They have no idea how the people died, who killed them. They think that the, the Trump supporters or the, the rioters that they're called, you know, they're protesters, but they're called rioters. They think that they actually killed people that day. And, and, and listen, the body count is zero for us because we weren't trying. We killed no one that day, zero body count. But on the other side, it was five to one, if you consider the sixth and the seventh. So, you know, five to nothing, guys. I mean, that's blatant. It's more obvious than broken glass or gas or pushing or bleeding or any of that. Murder is very important. We need to hold the people accountable for that. And, and you know, I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but I know it's going to help turn this whole story around. And uh, I want to see some people held held responsible for that. The families deserve justice. The families deserve the truth. America deserves it all, too. And I believe it's time that we take back what's ours as peacefully as possible and move on down the street and make sure we don't repeat some of the same mistakes that we've made. David, you're so amazing. Trennis, I'll give you the final word. I do value and love that you bring up the global elites uh trennis i i believe you're right that this is all tied together with the world economic forum the who the un agenda the sustainable development goals they're trying to kill our food uh it's it's a global uh it, it does seem to be like a global movement to bring complete destabilization of our planet of of which this was one epic scheme that they had. Um, but I'll give you the final word, Trennis. I appreciate your time, gentlemen. Well, those that seek death and destruction will find it. I'm quite certain of that. I, but they're not gonna find the outcome that they want. The American people are not a weak people. You have, at this point, poked this bear and poked this bear and poked this bear. And I urge of you to please stop because I don't want to see bloodshed in my country. I'm not threatening it. I'm not advocating for it. I advocate against violence, but I am fearful of what will come because I'm telling you, you go places and you hear these stuff. I go and I speak at the events or I, I talk to groups and I'm talking to them about peace. I'm talking to them. And I get some people to, you know, stay on that track, but there's people, I mean, I get 80 year old women coming up to me going, we're going to have to shoot them. I mean, these are the kind of things people are saying in this country now. And I'm going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what we're about. There's ways to do this. We have laws, we have courts, and they're saying, well, but what courts, what laws? That They're not following the laws. They only conveniently utilize the law when it works in their favor. 
to wrangle us up, round us up, uh, chastise us, uh, make us call us a certain thing, go after us, come to our school board meetings, uh, round up parents of the FBI, these global elitists. They mean to undermine and destroy America. And we're not going to have it. And I'm all for doing it the peaceful way. And I believe that I'm in a foot race with the people that want to do it another way. And this is how I see it. I will continue to speak out and I will continue to be peaceful. And I will continue to lead that charge. I will carry that sword. I'll, I'll die on that hill being peaceful. But there are people that don't believe like I do. And that number is growing every day. And I say it's like this. You know, people can be peaceful. And you might shove a peaceful man and get away with it once. You might shove him twice. Maybe I don't know how many times you can shove that peaceful man. But I look around and I always ask people, how many times can somebody shove you before you're going to shove back? And this is the problem. People there on January 6th didn't do the shoving first. All right. When I understand the gate was broken through and somebody went through that. But what happened on that lower west terrace and what happened at that tunnel? That. Those situations, as you see in the documentary, if you watch Bloody Hill and you see other movies that have proved that, Jake Lang did a great job in what, in what they did. Gary McBride was a huge piece of that. Um, Gary McBride, you know, as David and I know, he was a huge piece of the Epic Times video. You know, unfortunately, right. he didn't get the right credit for it. But the reality is, is they wouldn't have had a documentary if it wasn't for Gary McBride. But that's another story. Anyway, uh, these people were pushed on and pushed on and pushed on. And when I say pushed, I don't mean physically i'm talking about they witnessed the beating a savage beating of an unarmed woman who was laying unconscious and that drove things over the edge and it and you know what man wouldn't rush in or patriot or woman or good person wouldn't rush in in defense of that and say whoa what are you doing here and that's what they were trying to do but yet you've got a guy like luke coffee that puts his picks up a crutch in prayer and prays for people and lays the crutch across doesn't shove doesn't push doesn't hit lays the crutch out in front of him and lays it across the riot shields and says stop stop they're trying to save her they, these people are trying to save him you've got a guy like ronald mcabee colt mcabee that what he's gone through this guy's a sheriff he was a good sheriff in good standing and he went in to try and help roseanne boylan trying to urge the police stop he tried to help an officer he helped offer cw drug him back up the stairs helped the guy out and you've got a horrible individual like judge sullivan who should be impeached and probably jailed for his crimes. Just imagine this for a minute. The people that are committing crimes as they are, omission, commission, like Juan says, the people that are omitting evidence, the people aren't giving the truth, they're lying. If any one of us were to be found doing that, we would automatically be in prison five years, seven years for lying to the federal government. Yet these people, this select committee sits up there and tells a lie to the federal government, to the people every single day, and there's no consequence. Nancy's lied. Hillary's lied. We're tired of the lies. We've had enough. I can tell you now. I mean, people aren't going to put up with anything. Wake up. Stop. Just stop now. You could probably get away with it. All that you've done, if you just walk away from it and stop. But that's not. This is a death rattle. This is what countries do as they begin to fall. And I don't wish for this. I wish this wasn't happening. But I can. I'm, it's just like watching a sports game. I can see that. Hey, it's fourth and seven and you're down by six, you're not kicking a field goal in the fourth quarter, all right, at the few seconds on the clock. doesn't make any sense. This is where they push the American people to, and I don't want to see them pushed there. I'm asking, please stop before this gets ugly. Please don't do this anymore. Please stop going after these people and making them, you know, they're making an ass of themselves. They're making an ass of the country. The whole world sees it for the sham that it is. 
you have a small faction of the population that still believes your nonsense, it's still watching CNN and The View in these places. I mean, the viewership's down, the ratings are falling apart, the money's gone. They all know that, but they keep pushing it. People have turned to people like you, Laura, and people like David that have shows and they keep pushing these things and telling the truth and getting it out there. And it's believable because you present the video evidence start to finish, not some little clip and another little clip and another little clip tied up with some BS narratives. And these judges, the prosecutors, the people in the FBI, the DOJ, you're outnumbered. And most of the people that are on your side, you think are on your side or stand ranked beside you, they're not going to stand with you. They're going to put their shit down and go home and say, enough's enough for me. I'm not going to get hurt over this. And these people do, and there are people out there that will end up hurting people to get their point across or to stop this madness. And I don't want to see that. I'm begging in this country for it not to happen. I'm begging for truth, reality, justice. Stop with the lies. Stop it now. I can prove it. And we can all prove it. Many of us can. There's a million citizen journalists for president on January 6th. We know what the hell happened. And what you're telling is a lie. It's got to stop. It's got to end. You're not fooling anybody anymore. You can't, you know, you can't play ostrich and say there's no danger nearby. It's a reality. Danger is nearby in our country, and we cannot go this route. We have to go this peaceful route. So I'll keep praying. I'll keep doing what I'm doing, and I won't be a part of any violence. I won't advocate for any violence. I respect our courts and the institution in which they stand. I respect our Constitution. I respect law and order. I want all of these things to be a part of America. I don't want my children to see that in this country. We're not a third world country. We're better than that. We can do this. We can talk it out, get through this. But you got to quit lying. you got to quit trying to pull the wool over our eyes and tell us something for your globalist agenda because it's not going to fly. It won't work on us anymore. Wonderful. Trennis, thank you. David, thank you. I appreciate both of you coming and spending time to give us the truth today. God bless you. May you be safe and may justice be your portion. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for having us. David, God, God bless, bless you. Bless you too. Those are two amazing heroes. Those are patriots, men who love God and love country and are standing up for what's right. God bless them. Uh, my website is lauralyn.tv and we've gone so long that I can see the power button on my phone. So if I, if I go out, everyone, I'm not being, uh, I'm not being cut off by anybody. I just lost power. All right. What an amazing time. Y'all know that, um, I'm down here in the United States of America. I'm speaking to some important people about getting, um, asylum for Canadians that are not safe. I do believe that we have reached an epic hour in our country where, Canadians could be literally uh, under threat of their lives being taken, if not because they can't get life-saving operations, but because they can't get loans for their farms. There are all kinds of things happening that are bringing persecution against the people who stand for freedom. Something's very wrong. So I'm speaking to people about that while I'm down here. And then I will be back in Canada, September, to go and do a huge, epic tour through Alberta and British Columbia to meet many of you. And I look forward to that. Thank you to everyone who supports this show. The only reason that we're here is because of you, because you take time to care about what's happening to us. 
um, to take to take your good seed and sow it into ground that is telling the truth where mainstream media is letting us down. I want to read for you today a portion. Uh, an amazing woman named Diane who watches the show sent me a scripture and uh, she was walking and she, she said that I came to her mind. And so I appreciate that, um, that she found this scripture and she decided she would send it to me. The scripture is found in Malachi 4, 1 to 3. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and arrogant and all evildoers oh, will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Sounds like you'll be happy. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. If you've been around long enough, you've lived to see God's work, God's power, and God's justice act in a day of God's vengeance. It is not ours to be vengeant. It is God's, and He is faithful and a just God. He is not a wuss. His omniscient. He's everywhere, and He's able to take care of business on any given day, at any time. We struggle sometimes with God's time, but have you ever heard that saying? Give them enough room hang themselves. The Lord is such a blood that he will often give some space for those who are wicked to repent. But if they do not, God's justice shall be their portion. Thank you for joining me, everyone. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.